Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book Men Alive. Virtually every father listening to this program at some time heard this phrase from one of his children, but dad, that's not fair. And you heard it more often if you had more than one child. I heard it in our home, Jim. Our firstborn was a son, then a daughter, then we adopted a Filipina baby girl. So for some family rules, one of the three might suggest it was a good rule for the other two, but not fair for them. The English word fair is used in several translations to mean something has been perceived as equal in treatment or just in its outcome. For example, Colossians 4.1 in the New Living Translation says, Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Jim, one of the arguments we hear against believing in God is that it is not fair for him to allow people who choose to reject him to go to hell. Fairness today is a word that gets tied to equity. The idea being that we should all be equal. That is classic Marxist 101 ideology. It teaches we are all equal, therefore to be fair, we must all get the same amount of the same thing. No one can get, earn, or deserve more than anyone else. Reminds me of a humorous but sad story told in Russia to explain Stalin's Marxist ideology. A farmer found a bottle, rubbed the bottle, and out came a genie. The genie offered him one wish, anything he wanted. Well, said the farmer, let me think. Come on, said the genie, I'm busy. What do you want, money, new car, house? No, said the farmer, still deep in thought. Come on, come on, said the genie. You must want something. Well, my neighbor has a goat. Good, good. Now we're getting somewhere. Your neighbor has a goat, so what do you want? One goat? Ten goats? A herd of goats? No, said the Russian farmer, very methodically. He looked at the genie and said, kill my neighbor's goat. Ouch! That's a powerful example of the inability of any political system to be equally fair for everyone. Not everyone wears the same size shoe or has the same size waist. Time for a quick story, Pablo. When we lived in Israel as a family, we received an invitation to visit a kibbutz for a week during Passover. We gladly accepted it as it fit in with my research on adult education in Israel. We discovered this kibbutz's members were originally secular, mostly atheistic Marxist Jews who came to Israel after the Second World War. They believed no God would ever allow six million of his followers to die in the Holocaust. Therefore, there is no God. They gathered once a week to review assignments for the kibbutz. For example, each couple had a small apartment. The children lived in separate houses according to their ages, and the families met together at various times each week, like free time on Shabbat. Now here's the part of the story that relates to fairness. At that time, the men and the women each wore a blue denim type of shirt and denim jeans. Same style for everyone. At one meeting, the women apparently complained that the harsh denim was rubbing on their breasts and irritating their nipples. So, they asked for money to buy softer sports bras. The women all agreed. But then the men spoke up. 
If we are equal, it would not be fair for the women to get something extra that the men do not need. What do we get as an equivalent value? There's that fairness word again. Life is not fair, and we are not all equal. Somebody is going to be taller, stronger, brighter, smarter than others. But minus the wealth part. Listen to Leviticus chapter 21, 16 to 23. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, for the generation to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. No man who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed. No man with a crippled foot or hand or who has a hunchback or a dwarf or who has any eye defect or who has festering or running sores or damaged testicles. No descendant of Aaron the priest who has any defect is to come near to present the food offerings to the Lord. He has a defect. He must not come near to offer the food of his God. He may eat the most holy food of his God as well as the holy food, yet because of his defect he must not go near the curtain or approach the altar and so desecrate my sanctuary. I am the Lord who makes them holy. I can almost hear a listener saying, that's not fair. You're listening to the listener-supported program, Men Alive, with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can check out more of our programs on our website at goteachglobal.com. Now back to Dr. Jim as we consider further the topic of fairness. On the surface, some instructions in the Bible do not sound fair. But men, God makes the rules. A holy God wanted men serving him who were without physical defects. Everyone qualified to participate in eating the food offered to God, yet because of physical defects, some were forbidden to enter the room behind the inner curtain where the altar was located. Initially, that does not sound fair, but I once heard a pastor say, Folks, hold on. I did not write the Bible. It's called God's Word. He's the author. Argue with him, not me. And the New Testament does not appear to be fair at times either. Look at the list of the qualifications required to be an elder in the church as identified by the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy and Titus. In Leviticus, we had a list of physical restrictions preventing a man from serving in the Holy of Holies. This was established by God to accentuate that God is holy and he wants those who serve him in the Holy of Holies to represent all the children of Israel by being physically pure and without blemish. In the New Testament, we have a list of character qualities for those who were to serve as leaders in the local church. Here's a disclaimer, Pablo. I did not write the list. God did. People will have to argue with God if they don't like the list, not with me or you. Ready? Ah, there is one more thing. Virtually all qualifications on this list are character attributes. Only one is a skill, able to teach. Here we go. Elders are to be the husband of one wife. I can hear listeners asking, what about single men, widowers, divorced men, women, gays, transgendered women, etc.? Jim Scripture says anyone can become a follower of Jesus Christ by God's grace through faith, but these conditions are commissioned by God and the church to give spiritual leadership to the local body of believers. 
Agreed. Galatians 3.28 makes it clear. Salvation is available to all. We are no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That is for our salvation. We need to keep requirements for salvation separate from requirements for leadership as an elder. An elder must be the husband of one wife. No polygamy, no sodomy. It's almost like God anticipated the meaning of the word marriage changing and wrote instead husband of one wife. Husband meaning male, wife meaning female, just as God created Adam and Eve. Elders must be in a pure relationship with their wife. His children obey him and he's able to manage his household well. Jim, let's clarify for our listeners that the elder must manage those living in his household. But if a son or daughter marries, moves away from home, and chooses, God forbid, to live an unbiblical lifestyle, this is not a blot against the elder. Agreed. Initially, this list does not sound fair, but look at what comes next. Elders are to be disciplined, temperate, and self-controlled. Sincere, not given to drunkenness. Just like the Levitical priests were not to have physical deformities, New Testament elders were not to have deformities of their character. Elders are to have a good reputation with those outside the church, in business and community. Respectable, hospitable, not violent or quarrelsome, or overbearing or quick-tempered, but gentle, upright, holy, love what is good, above reproach and blameless, not a new convert not a lover of money, nor a pursuer of dishonest gain. And finally, we get to the one quality on the list that identifies what the elders are to actually do, be able to teach. How does that sound, Pavel? I would enjoy being led by elders like that rather than the current secular humanist worldview that says we must choose leaders based on D.I.E., diversity, inclusion, and equity. After winning the 2015 federal election, the Prime Minister of Canada was asked why he chose women to be 50% of his cabinet leadership when 74% of his government caucus were men. His answer? This is 2015. Churches were never told by God to pick leaders based on a formula of diversity, inclusion, and equity. Diversity means choosing leaders not according to character or skill, but rather choosing them based on race, gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity, nationality, socioeconomic status, language, disability, age, or political perspective. Inclusion means giving people power in decision-making, and equity means distributing resources from those who have more to those who have needs while letting them participate in the decision-making process. Churches are to choose leaders based on God's criteria. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, and love is the fulfillment of the law. Therefore, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. 
This sounds like a countercultural revolutionary call for an acceptance of the authority of God's Word and His leadership pattern, and a call to personal holiness, biblical faithfulness, and spirit-directed boldness. Our churches need biblical elders even if the qualifications do not sound fair to our cultural ears. Who would object to being guided in their worship by men with the qualifications listed in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1? Let's agree God is just and never say to our Heavenly Father, Abba, Daddy, that's not fair. There you have it, men. Life and biblical qualifications for leadership may not appear to be fair, but God is always just when we follow and obey His commands. For your comments and questions, contact Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. And do check out our website at goteachglobal.com for more resources and options. There you'll find an opportunity to listen to any or all of the many Men Alive recorded programs. And of course, you can always contact Dr. Jim with your questions at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's men alive unto god at gmail.com until next time i'm paul estabrooks encouraging us as men to be conformed to the image of jesus christ until we see him face to face